You've reached the Coffee Geek Podcast, episode 43. In the mood for hot coffee? When you are, nothing else will satisfy. Coffee has a flavor, an aroma, a deep-down satisfying goodness all its own. And our coffee has something extra, the care with which we brew and serve it. You'll enjoy the show more while you're enjoying steaming hot coffee. Come and get yours now. Hey folks, that's out there for Nick. <laughs> Welcome to the Coffee Geek Podcast, episode 43. And this time around, we're joined by another crazy Irishman. Stephen Morrissey is joining us. Hola, Steve-o. Hey, Mark. How's it going? How you doing? And Steve's joined by his amazingly beautiful girlfriend. Uh, talented, rich, beyond like total sugar mama. Apparently, Stephen never has to work another day in his life. Rich being just, the important thing, yeah. I cannot believe it. Jen. Hi. Jen. How are you? Pretty good. How about you? I'm not too bad. Hey, Mark, isn't this show all about the quality of the coffee and not like the buzz? <laughs> I forgot to say that, didn't I? can't believe That's you right. Forgot. This show is all about the quality of coffee and not the buzz. Obviously, Jen is a fan. I'm a big time fan. <laughs> Stephen's having an aneurysm right there. <laughs> Uh, anyways, listen, I gotta get a few I gotta get a few details out of the way here. First of all, um, folks, listen, we love hearing from you. If you have feedback, comments, or questions about the show, you can send us an email to podcast at coffeegeek.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail with a question, a nice brief question, introduce yourself and uh, say hi and uh, ask the question real quick. Uh, you can call a voicemail line at 206-965-8185. That's 206-965-8185. Or reach me on Skype. Just search for the Coffee Geek username. Now, if you haven't done so yet, go over to podcastalley.com and search for the Coffee Geek show. And uh, you can subscribe to it there. You can check out comments. You can leave comments. You can vote on the show. And we're also listed in the iTunes Music Store. And you can leave comments there. So if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to us there. And last but not least, if you're looking for show notes, they're always posted about a day or two after the show. And they can be found in the Coffee Geek forums in the podcast section. Or over at coffeegeek.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. So there we go. Steven, Jen. Hey. Jen, what are you going to do on the show today? I don't know what I'm going to do. I know. You're just like... <laughs> dancing is my speciality, so I guess I can't do that. I'm not dancing. quite sure how... You know what? There is a dancing podcast, though. Really? Yeah, and there's a couple of... vid. They call them video podcasts, vidcasts. Oh. You can make the next one a video podcast, and we'll do it. No, no, no video. <laughs> no? We won't do video for some time. <laughs> So Steve, Steve, why don't you tell us your background a bit? My background, um, okay, well, I'm, I'm a barista trainer and apprentice roaster for Bewley's, yeah, in Dublin on Grafton Street, Bewley's Cafe. And where are they? Uh, they're based in Dublin, Ireland. What's the location? Uh, well, they've got they supply a lot of coffee to all around Ireland, but they also have just one big cafe that's on the main shopping street in Ireland. So it's on Grafton Street. So Grafton Street. Grafton Street. Grafton Street. Like the big pedestrian street. So it's a huge big cafe. Like, Sweet. Yeah, it's nice. And uh, are you ever staying behind the bar there or are you more trainer these days? I guess it's more training. I jump behind the bar now and again just to kind of, well, give the odd tip here and there and correct, just to, correct those sort of things. Just to lay the smack down on the staff, right? Yeah, just to show them. You're kind of like Vince. How Vince will occasionally go to his shops, Cafe Artigiano. Talking about Vince Pickle. Sure, sure. And uh, Vince will occasionally just go in, step by the machine, and show the staff how it's done. Really? Well, yeah. God, if my staff are listening now, oh, they'll, they'll be <laughs> laughing their heads off. But no. 
They've actually passed me out in some ways, God, latte art wise. It's embarrassing. People, oh, is it? People who are like two months. Well, I've seen I've seen your espresso and latte art skills. I would be embarrassed too. Oh, so. cheers! That's nice. <laughs> Ding. Shouldn't we get our bus about now, Jen? Is that, we Ding. <laughs> I'm just I'm just uh, what what we came up with the terms. It's, I'm pissing on your leg right now. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> taking the piss take, out, taking or the piss, pulling take. your leg. Well, you were ready to swear. Well, piss is not quite the swear word. So. You can say piss. Yeah, we could say piss. Say piss, Jen. No. Say piss, Jen. Just say it. Piss. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, Mom and Dad. Listen, listen. You're Irish. I have to expect that you say the F word about every second. Oh, it's coming. Don't worry. Now. I'll say it. <laughs> We're more confident in my last yard now. Oh, here. my gosh. Okay. No, so uh, how long have you been with Beulies for? Uh, I think it's around two and a half years. Uh, I started making coffee around six years ago, but I'd say professionally in any kind of um, real quality-focused way, only around two and a half years. Okay. And um, I was talking to Arthur on our last podcast, Mm -hmm. and we talked a bit about the Dublin and Irish coffee scene. And and Arthur, who's only been there for a few years himself, Mm -hmm. um, says that it's it's really coming around. We, We speculate in a way Ireland right now is the way... Australia was in the mid late nineties where there was just this massive um, kind of growth in in quality espresso and espresso as a beverage. Mm. Like you know, fifteen years ago, nineteen ninety, nineteen eighty five, it was all tea and drip coffee in Australia. Now um, restaurants, hotels, bars, cafes are a hundred percent espresso. It's mm. like amazing. Mm. Yeah, I mean. It's still very much a milk culture, I and mean, we still drink a lot of tea in Ireland. I mean, we're the biggest tea drinkers in the world, but as a per coffee, capita, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, but when it comes to coffee, I mean, espresso, it's very trendy, and I mean, I wouldn't say it's not many espresso drinkers. It's still very much lattes and cappuccinos, but mm-hmm. we kind of it's turned very Americana, like in terms of we have all the kind of soy skimmed, low fat, full fat. Whereas so, maybe two, three years ago, that wasn't really the case. So you're kind of like the West Coast United States. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Big milk. But yeah, I mean, well, 16 ounce is the biggest cup you're going to find. It won't get bigger than that. That's takeaway only. You, re- you wouldn't find 16 ounce ceramic cups ever. And I mean, it's, I mean, we get very few espresso orders. I got I, it right, right over here. I have a 20 ounce ceramic cup. Do you see it? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. That's just not right. And what am I using it for? Marzocco. Oh, it's a water bowl for Marzocco. It's a water bowl for my dog. <laughs> That's about right. That's really the only th- time I can see a 20 ounce cup. Necessary. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> nice? Um, so is there um, a, a new cafe culture in Ireland or did it exist before? You you, had, you said you haven't been to Paris, but you've been to other parts of Europe. Oh, I've traveled Europe quite a lot. Funny, Paris is the one place, France is the one place I haven't been to actually. Yeah. So you have you been to Italy? Yeah. And you've, you've experienced cafe culture there? Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. Is, does that exist at all in, in Dublin and it, in Ireland? It does in some way. Um I say, I mean, the whole around five years ago, the whole market got saturated with coffee shops. I mean, there is coffee shops on every corner, on every street in Ireland, and uh, not doing high quality necessarily, but there's an awful lot of cafes in Ireland. And what would you say about it? I mean, yeah, outdoor outdoor seating is very big now because the smoking ban came in a while ago, and every it's very kind of cool to be seen outside with your cappuccinos. And Americano is the buzzword kind of thing. So it's Do, but uh, as for the culture of Italy, I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely well. There. I'm not I'm not saying emulate Italy's culture. I guess the question was more is is Ireland developing its own cafe culture? Yeah, definitely. Is it definitely it's like, in it's in the papers all the time. It's in the magazines all the time. It's very much especially because we're moving away from the pub scene more now. So it's very more cafe as opposed to pubs all the time. Is it is it any is it like any other cafe culture around the world or is it developing its own unique style? Well, funny, generally only having coffee this morning and we were we were sitting in a place in Commercial Drive in Prado Cafe and we were just saying 
it was so nice just sitting there and there was everyone was kind of sitting around and people were chatting and people were on laptops and we, we couldn't put our finger on why it was different to back home everything's a bit more hustle bustle back home I think what you were saying about Ireland being kind of a striving kind of young you know mm. lots of I, new technology. I, made, I made some racial and ethnic slurs on the previous show well. about, about fighting and drinking doesn't <laughs> exist anymore in Ireland it's just all coffee now we're all chilled out you know <laughs> it's, coffee. it's all intellectual yeah there's, completely there's going to be a lot more James Joyce's <laughs> and, and uh, coming out of Ireland my first novel next year that's yeah. not going to be an anomaly anymore it's going to be the norm <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> Very cool. So where, where do you see the Irish coffee scene going in the next few years? Oh, it's definitely getting better. People are getting more aware all the time and knowing what they want. And last year, it was a much more common thing, or maybe five years ago, it wasn't. And it just is, I mean, there's around five or six really good cafes in Dublin. And I mean... You want to name them? Well, sure. There's And uh, their locations. So if anyone's oh, well, there's a Avoca Cafe where Arthur used to work. Avoca Cafe. Avoca Cafe. Avoca. There's Beauties, my place. Where's Avoca? Oh, well, it's just at the bottom of, of Grafton Street. I mean, it's on Suffolk Street, if anyone in Ireland. So it's is down listening. in the downtown. Downtown is like mm-hmm. city centre. Like, Very I mean, cool. Perfect. I mean, really right bang in the middle. And how about the other ones? Um, there's location. Carl Purdy, who came 15th in the world. In yeah, the we BBC. talked about him last show. Yeah, Carl's got his own little kind of one-man cart down by the river, by the Liffey. And that's like, he does incredible quality. I heard about this cart. It's like runs off a Vespa. It's a three-wheel Vespa that yeah. pulls out. It's brilliant. I actually got a chance to work a few shifts on it before I left for Vancouver. Sweet. And it was, it was just hilarious. It was just, I mean, God, I mean, we knew that we were putting out really good coffee compared to the rest of Ireland at that point, you know, I mean, in terms of standards. So it's just kind of hilarious. There's just two guys in this small little thing. So it was, it was great. And um, so this Carl Purdy, a few other places you can name? Oh, let me see. There's uh, Donnybrook Fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buzz working there. Located? That's in Donnybrook. In Dublin. Okay. And where else, Jen? There's Delacorte. There's kind of a chain of Italian places that are really good. Delacorte, mm. they're the espresso machine. Not, sorry, not Delacorte. Dona yeah. Crescenzi. Sorry, Delacorte is the espresso machine. How do you say it? Uh, Dona Crescenzi. Dona Crescenzi. I, I think that's right. Is that mm. right? I think so. And, and where, where could people find that? Oh, uh, they're all around the city centre. You okay. can see them. But they kind of do nice, really, really small cappuccino cups and really nice. It's very, very Italian style. I mean, really Italian style. And any other cafes? Oh, mm. God, I'll be killed if I forget anymore. <laughs> Are there any down by Bow Lane? Is it bowling? No, or no, not much down there. I mean, in terms of where you're guaranteed a good espresso, I'd say that's... That's about it. Yeah, I mean, you can get reasonably good milk drinks everywhere else, but butlers one, are quite good. One thing I find, and, and there's I, the one UK barista I know fairly well just from online experiences in Alt.Coffee is this fellow named Danny, who uh, is in he's in England, and he um, uh, he works all the county fairs and, you know, the Saturday oh, sure. sales and stuff. And he has a cart, and he runs a Gaggia lever, through a three-group Gaggia lever machine off of propane. No electricity. Are you serious? Except for his grinder. That's in London? No way. It's, it's not in London. He's out in the countryside. Oh, okay, I'm not okay. quite sure. And um, just I've, I've, I've actually had a few secret shopper friends pay a visit to him serious? once in a while. <laughs> they said it's fantastic, everything he's pumping out. And he's running that off of propane. That's crazy. Isn't that that's mad. I know. It? I mean, I wonder. I I wonder about temperature stability, but you know, the fact that it's a spring lever machine, you don't need power. You yeah, could yeah, run it yeah. off of gas. Yeah. No. Yeah. God. So you know, maybe Carl think about that for the, mm-hmm. the second. Oh, what's version. his name again? Um, his name is Danny, and I'm not sure his last name, but he. If you look Danny's espresso cart uh, mm-hmm. through Google, you'll turn him up. Well, I'll pop. And, I'll pop over the river there and check out uh, London <laughs> next time. Yeah. And go over to England and check so, it out. Now you you're you're big in the air scene and you work with Carl. You were you were helping him get ready for the WBC. Yeah, we were helping myself but and Arthur were helping him train. You weren't in Burn. What happened? 
I'm still in college. <laughs> I'm still young little tyke. I gotta... It's like the, the flights are like 20 pounds, you know, <laughs> like they're 20, 20 euro. I had the worst luck. My my exam schedule began on the day like Burn started, so I just had to. I, I, I remember joke. there was some iron, because there's, there's Ryanair. Yeah, yeah. Flies yeah, you know, from, uh, from Dublin to Milan, <laughs> and it was like 22 euros. Uh, you can you get, could have flown over for the morning and gone back in the afternoon. You can get a cheaper. You can get a cheaper than that. They sa- they have seat sales for like twenty cent and like just ridiculous it's things. Insane. And all you pay the so taxes. So what was wrong with you? I told you I had exams. Yeah, but you come over for a day. You study on the plane. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look. <laughs> it was good times. Was I know. Good times. I hope maybe Tokyo. Hopefully, we'll oh, see. I'm not, Tokyo. I'm not going to Tokyo. Why not? Nah, I, I'm retired. I'm retired. I'm retired from judging. Ask I'm, I'm, Ask I'll take why. your place then. <laughs> Push him. Ask him why he's not doing the judging. No, no, don't ask him. <laughs> we'll save that for another podcast. Before so, um, and another thing too, you were recently a, you were a model for a photo shoot. Yeah, I had the the good fortune You're to have my, get my hands on this display, scrub them up, and <laughs> do you want to explain what that was about? Yeah, well, you, it was for me. It but... was for you. Uh, you were doing an article about uh, home espresso, wasn't it? Well, I'm doing an article that's about espresso. That's about as much as I want to say because the publisher doesn't want me to give too much of it away. Sure. It is okay. for Imbibe magazine, which it's coming out in September. It's a feature article. And one of the things I had to do for the article was I had to, there's a step-by-step on how to brew a perfect shot of espresso. Mm-hmm. But because it's a consumer magazine, uh, I couldn't go and work on the linea or go grab a Senesso and sure, just sure. hand out the shots. It, so wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be fair. Mm-hmm. Yes. ended up using uh, a Solus SL70, which is sitting right next to you right now. Yeah. And um, Which surprised me. You had, you said you'd never used a home machine before. I've never used a home machine before. I just, from looking on, online and seeing all the kind of, uh, was there, what kind of trickery people had to do to get, you know, they, they felt they had to get the best out of it. I was yeah. like, I just, I just have a good grinder at home and a French press, and I use that, and I'm, I'm pretty happy, and I make sure I get fresh coffee. But and you, you got scared to use of this, and what'd you think? <sighs> I was quite impressed, to be honest. I mean, once I kind of adjusted to the, the cheaper, the not cheaper, the, the lighter port of filter, and kind of just the general feel of the machine not being as sturdy as what I'm used to, off, say Marzocco. I mean, some of the shots are really, really good. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually impressed with what you were producing after the free. Yeah, a little stumble. Yeah, at the beginning. What was that thing on the portafilter with oh, the, yes. the little flicker? Well, that's an anomaly. Most consumer machines these days, the portafilter has a spring for the filter basket. Yeah, yeah. But this machine was designed in 1993, and they haven't really changed it since then. And back in '93, a lot more uh, consumer espresso machines had a latch that you would have to hold yeah. to hold the, the filter basket in place. So that was actually the norm back in 93, mm. but definitely not today. That was funny because I just could not remember that. And you were like, and how about the steaming ability of that? Yeah, no, I mean, we got great milk. We were doing latte art and everything. It, it and takes and a bit of time, but you get a real nice texture to the milk. Yeah, I, th- I think I think steaming isn't really that difficult a thing once you really understand what you're trying to do. I think really most machines can do it on. But once you've got enough pressure out of the machine, I really agree. It's, in fact, I mean, that's the thing I try to, when I talk to manufacturers like Krups and everyone else, I, they're constant, they're constantly putting froth aiders and mm, creme mm. enhancers and everything else in the machines. And they think that consumers can't learn how to froth milk. And the thing is, five, ten years ago, I would more agree with that statement that a consumer would find it difficult to froth milk. Mm-hmm. But I think my thought today is, is that there is more awareness of, you're seeing less and less of the peak valley, the meringue type, the meringue type yeah, yeah. Uh, froth in shops. And when consumers see 
better textured milk. I think sure. it gives them the incentive to want to try to do it better at home. And with frothator, you can't do it. Frothators are going to do the big puffy milk, mm. the big airy bubbly milk. Yeah, just explain to you frothator for a second. Well, there's a couple of different types of frothators. Typically, they all work on the same principle though. They all work on the principle of drawing air through a tube above the milk line. Okay. So, um, I, unfortunately, it's a bit difficult to. So you don't have to air. move the jug around, so it just no. puts the air in for you. Yeah, like you actually submerge the wine, but it's still. Dry. It's almost like a snorkel for a car. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, that's yeah. actually. Yeah, and it's been used in some fully automatic machines. Yeah, right? in some other way. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they're terrible. They're wow. just terrible. You know, you can't you can't decide when you want to start and stop introducing air. Uh, you know, stretching milk. Sure, sure, sure. And things like that, and you end up with dead, fluffy big bubble milk and yeah that kind of eggy kind of yeah. jen have you ever tried frothing milk no i've never done this you've never tried ne- frothing i've never milk. been behind a bar made a coffee well, not a bar, but how about coffee at home oh no? No. well we have that um the plunger yeah, yeah the plunger but it doesn't really work very well oh no that's one of those that's one of not those jen don't tell me how to <laughs> i'm probably just doing it wrong I say I'm doing it wrong. Stephen, you don't know how to use a press pot at home. Is oh no no no, no 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 no! <gasps> oh, we have I have a number of press pots that are fine, but Jen's talking at one of those um, you know, those kind of glass kind of flasks where you kind of pump the, the milk oh, the froth to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Have one of those. No, Stephen. I don't have one. No, I Jen, see, see what you've done. It was a freebie from my dad. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Those well, I'll just go. Those are very good at aerating milk. <laughs> those are very good at aerating milk. I've made some nice chai. You know what? I think after I think after this uh, podcast, that like, we could probably, well, maybe the next visit, we're gonna get Jen to steam some milk. Yeah. No, I mean it really is, but isn't that it difficult? Is People easy. put so much emphasis. We'll on do this. Um, we talked a bit about latte art, and mm. you're known for your latte art a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit. You know, mm. you've got some learning to do, but no, no, we, we, you and I talk about latte art a lot because I, are we from different kind of approaches on it? I told you personally for me with latte art, for me, I don't care if there's latte art on the cup or not. I want something good underneath. And is your take similar? Um, I mean, essentially, yeah, it's all about the taste. And so when you get to a certain stage and you've seen most of the lassie art that really is out there, and while you enjoy new types of lassie art and really good lassie art, it's no good if the taste is terrible. It's it's no good to you if you have a beautiful lassie and it tastes like muck. But you, you like made a comment too. earlier where you said that, oh, you know, a lot of really top-end shops coming up in Dublin now, they all do lassie art. Mm-hmm, mm. So and you associate those two things. Yeah, you generally, you, I think it's fair to say most of the time, now most of the time, that when you see good lassie art, you can generally presume that the people are paying attention to the quality and the quality of the espresso and that being said i've been to two places in vancouver and i won't say where but where i've seen oh say where no i don't <laughs> i don't need part of the whole i'm already part of the whole politics over here it's ridiculous <laughs> but <laughs> i've seen i've had good last year and really really horrible shots yeah. and it, it was kind but, of interesting my biggest complaint about the whole latte art thing is um, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to drinks. Sure, sure. You know, if I were an Americano, it shouldn't be bigger than five ounces. If I order a shot of espresso, I expect a full ounce or more, you know, and I don't expect a ristretto. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask for a ristretto, so don't give me one. Um, when I order a cappuccino, I, ex- I expect a beverage that's four and a half to five ounces, and I expect it to be a drink of thirds. And... I would say about 50-60% of the time that I go into a cafe and I order a cappuccino, if they're doing latte art on it, 
50, 60% of the time I'm not getting cappuccino, I'm getting a latte. Sure. And that bothers me because I don't want that much milk. I want a cappuccino. And there's been times where I've actually, even though I know the baristas and I know the shop owner, I've, I've handed it back to them and said, no, I'm sorry, I asked for a cappuccino. It's a bit of a pissing contest to say the pissing word again, sorry. But yeah. it is kind of, it's just kind of, your ego gets in the way. And sometimes people serve, especially, you know, you, because you have this kind of, you know, people know who you are. And if they're serving you a drink. it's scary. But they, what, the first thing they want to do is they want to impress you from the beginning. And kind of mm. give you, you know, what is a food that's based 95% on presentation. So. Well, maybe if they're listening to this podcast, the, I mean, you want, if, I don't know why people would want to impress me. But if you want to impress me, impress me with what's in the cup, not what's on top of it. But you can, even if you just pour in the milk and even don't attempt any latte, you can tell straight away by the, how the milk looks, the texture of it. And if, if you know, you can tell by the color of the creme in the cup, the quality of it. And you, if you don't see a leaf or a rosette of some sort, you're not necessarily looking for that. You can tell, you know, you're of a certain level where you can tell by the texture of the milk and the color. Two point. Well, I mean, I, like I as a judge, can. as a judge, I mean, I've seen, I've, I've been served beverages as a judge in barista competitions mm-hmm. that, you know, at first glance, I would think that it's, it's a suitable oh, amount sure. of, of, of foam. But as soon as I draw that spoon across mm-hmm. and see if the coffee's only about an eighth of an inch underneath the surface, yeah. It's all bets off. So no, I, I I don't know if I'd agree with that assessment just because in competition I've seen I've seen beverages served to me suppose the cappuccinos that I thought were cappuccinos, but once I dragged back mm. the foam, you know, there's an eighth of an inch. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that does happen occasionally, but you can still I think you can still assert a, a certain amount. We get those ones on scores when we get those in competition. On visual present on, on visual on visual beverage look. Yeah, you know, and one is generous. It should be a zero. It's unacceptable. It's not a cappuccino. You serve me a latte. Mm. So, Mm -hmm. have you seen some of the threads in Coffee Geek over the years uh, with the consumers showing their latte art? Yeah, that's actually where I first posted my first posts. Really? Ever on Coffee Geek were on that. That Was 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 a latte art? I was ridiculously excited. I was like, look, Jenna, look, I posted online. (laughs) Look, here's a coffee I did. Sweet. I won't say my old Coffee ID. What was your What was your ID? Can I say? Come on, say it, say it, Jen. You can say it, John. Say it. Panther Tamper. Panther Tamper. <laughs> it's the Panther Tamper. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. You know, Janet, times you sound more like you're from Liverpool than you are from Dublin. Oh, I don't. You do. Panther Tamper. Do you want me to put on my Liverpool <laughs> accent? Say, say, yeah. What will I say? Say, uh, the uh, Panther Tamper rocks the world. The Panther Tamper. No, I can't do They kind of sing like, when they're talking like that. The Panther Tamper rocks the world. That's right. <laughs> I love it. You have to be my regular co-host on the show. You have like a perfect voice for this. I don't. <laughs> Anyways, you know, one thing we didn't talk about, Steve. Sure. What are you doing in Vancouver? Yeah, I go crashing. Yeah, I mean, you're you're going to school. You're studying music. Yeah. You're some big shot with Bueller. Um, no, I'm no big shot. I'm just part of the chain. But um, what are you doing in Vancouver? Well... Essentially, you read so much online. If you pay attention like, to podcasts and all the kind of different online forums, you, see, you hear about kind of just the coffee being so amazing out here. And just the scene seems to be much more, well... We managed to fool the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hype, 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 hype. Um, but in Ireland, it's easy to feel a bit isolated sometimes. You kind of get a bit um, just overly nurtured. Kind of feel like it's just... You can't really get a good um, perspective on the whole scene. So if you go to Vancouver, halfway across the world... Where you're close to the whole Seattle scene, Portland, and all that, and we're hoping to go down at some point. No, to check this it out. is where it happens. Oh, is this it? We yeah, can't leave. We can't leave. Seattle, Seattle, Seattle and Portland copy. Oh, that, that that saves all that time for yeah. us. Yeah. We, we, don't, we don't have to bother anymore. Us. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's happening now. I thought. No. No. 
Well, anyway, so we came to check out the scene over here. So I'm working for um, Brad Ford and Wicked Cafe. Wicked Cafe down at 7th and Hemlock. Intelligentsia in Coffee, which is cool. And especially I heard so much about Intelligentsia. I really wanted to get a chance Was to Was it all that you heard about? I have to say it's pretty good coffee. It's pretty it really good is. coffee. Yeah, so and your favorite is my favorite. The kiddo? Kiddo. Yeah. The organic blend. Oh, man, it's nice. But that's, that's it. I mean, I've had, the worst shots and best shots I've had here have all been made by me. <laughs> you know? that's it like, you haven't been to some cafes yet that you should go to that's then. it I actually don't bother I just go where I recommend no, people recommend me only go over to Cafe Calabria on the drive and you'll get an amazingly bad shot oh. yeah for sure for sure well why would I bother going you see why would I bother going people go don't go there okay I won't go there or go there and get this really horrible <laughs> shot why would I bother now, I'm Jen, not going to waste my money you're here I am well, well you're obviously here just uh, to hang out with Stephen for the summer right yeah Pretty much. And um, see, I know you're not really into coffee. Not really. And Stephen's been dragging you around. Dragging me around, so yeah. So what's your mm. impression as a newbie who's not totally into coffee? What's your impression of the cafe scene here? Are we just mm. nuts? No, I kind of think it's the opposite. We were only saying today that like most of the coffee shops are really sort of quiet and chilled in comparison to home. Like they're very hustle and bustle back home. Yeah, yeah. So like that's probably what I take in more so, the atmosphere rather than... You know, it's very calm the, and relaxed yeah, here. Relaxed it is. here. Yeah, Mind very you, chilled. have you been to Artigiano yet? It's pretty busy. Oh, there. that's true. Yeah. yeah, but we've only been to the really, the really kind of busy locations downtown. They're all Hornby. busy. They're all busy. They're all busy. Well, I said something about the place. Yeah, I mean, they're all yeah. Insane. No, because we've been to a good few around near where we live, like in Hemlock and there, and they're all very relaxed. You would not believe the volume that Artigiano does on a day. Oh, I've heard rumors. We've insane. heard that like the queue goes out the door. Yeah, on half a day in the street. Yeah. Like, um, just I'm not giving away too much, but I remember the the, the story that that I heard uh, about Brad and Vince is that one day Vince had called, was talking to Brad, and had said, "Oh, you know, our profits are up this week uh, for you know this these locations." And um, Vince said what the change from his previous profit to this week's profit was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that difference between last week's profit and this week's profit was more than Brad's entire profit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. a, it's a different league. I mean, Archon are doing something quite different to what, say, Wicked are doing or Elysian are doing. You yeah. know? And like, I mean, I yeah. really appreciate and kind of have to applaud Archon for what they do and the quality of what they put out. Uh, I hang out generally. I hang out in Legion yeah. an awful lot. We They're kind of in, um, in different customers, I feel as well. Yeah, I don't know if I am, but you know the way with Wicked, it's real like the wireless connection for your the internet and everything. So people come in and sit down and stay for a while. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in places like Artigiano and stuff, they just seem to come in and get their coffee and go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very so fast it's paced. Well, have you been to the JJ JJ Beans? Yeah, we go to one of Main. One of Main Street was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Do they have Wi-Fi there yet? Because, uh, no, they have no, no Wi-Fi, which is kind of interesting because I know... Because John is very... The owner is very anti-Wi-Fi. And aren't, doesn't Victrola... Mm. Is Victrola in Seattle? No, they had they have Wi-Fi, but they turned they turned it off on the weekends. Oh, wasn't that oh. kind of controversial when they did it first? It was a bit because Seattle's such a, you know, wireless, mm. uh, high-tech town. In Ireland, you have to pay for it. Like, you have to pay, God, a good bit of money. On top it. of what your bail kind of... Oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, just the four days I was in Bern, I spent over 200 euro on, uh, on internet serious? productivity. Yeah. It was yeah, insane. Yeah, no. Mm. It's like 50 euro for two hours. I'd, I'd be interested to see what the costs are. I don't, I don't well, was, the one program that I got over there was um, you got two hours of total connectivity time, but it was valid for six months. So if you connect for 12 minutes and then four minutes, it all counts down. And sure. that one was 50 euro. Mm-hmm. You know, you could connect well, for two like hours this. solid where it just yeah. is two hours and then you lose it. And that was like 15 euro. 
15 euro for how many hours? For two hours, but that was like from the moment you sign on, two hours. That's pretty expensive. I mean, that's, that was yeah, expensive. Both, both Switzerland, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ireland, mm. Ireland wouldn't be that expensive, as far I, as I know. It I, blew my mind. I mean, I spend for my cable modem connection here in a month 50 bucks. What do Starbucks do wireless? Yeah, Starbucks has uh, the hotspot stuff that you pay for. And they don't in Canada, as far as I know, it's the American ones. I'm wondering in Ireland, do they? Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, folks, we're going to wrap up. Sweet. And um, really short show. This is half of the the show that Arthur's show was because, well, I won't say you're half the man that Arthur is. No, but I have to be on the bar. Twice the man that Arthur is, so you can say twice as much in half the time. (laughs) There we go. Nice. But hey, Stephen, thanks for being our guest. And Jen, both of you have to come back. We will. We'll do the steam. We'll do the the milk milk thing. We'll see, can I do it? It'll be an experiment. You will do it. For all the I can teach my there. I can teach my dog how to froth milk. Marzoko? Yes, yeah, she's learned how to froth milk. She well, lives she up can and do she it, turns the it. dial <laughs> with her paw. What's that, what's that smell? What's that smell? <laughs> no, she really does. Sure. I've gotten her to jump up on the what machine and turn the steam on, and then she and then she runs away. <gasps> smell. She, she runs away oh, because nose. the steam just freaks her out. I'm oh, sure. Happens. Yeah, she's pretty funny. So, anyways, folks, thanks again. Thanks for and having us, Mark. No worries. Cheers, mate. Folks, if you want to get in touch with us, you can leave us uh, feedback or comments at podcast at coffeegeek.com. And uh, appreciate you all for tuning in. Look forward to talking to you next time.